Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Keita Spears, a.k.a. High Key. What up, winners? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, man, that's what I'm having tonight. Oh, man. I've been eating a lot of chicken too, dude. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I'm on this. Cut life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm at two thousand two hundred fifty calories a day. Wow, is and, what and, I'm and allowed to give to have. the uh, winners perspective. When you started the podcast, how many were you consuming? Like thirty five hundred to four thousand calories a day. <laughs> so you're like a whole fifteen hundred calories short per day now. Yeah, and still doing the same workout routine yeah still waking up at four in the morning still hitting the gym still with your trainer yeah still lifting heavy what's interesting is the dynamic of lifting heavy and then running a lot all right like i ran 10 miles yesterday i've never ran that much and i'm still lifting heavy so um we'll have to do another podcast to tell you guys about the crazy shit i got going on next month Dude, you gotta get a fitness tracker because you don't even there's no way that you really realistically know how many calories you're burning i know there's no way because right. you said you ran 10 miles and you lifted mm-hmm. and you're at 22 3 uh, on days like that i do 3,000 calories oh, yeah big bump guys yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's crazy bro because you're running more than you've ever ran before so yep. you're burning more calories there, yep. but also we're busting your ass same as before yep. in the gym yep. and you cut yourself short thir- thir- 1300 calories. Yep. I mean, I wonder why you're going to be freaking, you know, single digit body fat in yep. no time. Trying to get Jack baby. There Trying to go. get Jack. <laughs> right on. That's what are we talking about getting Jack today? I know we are. <laughs> we are. And, uh, we're going to get a little heartfelt, a little emotional with you guys kind of set the stage. It was, it was father's day and you know, I was thinking about what I had going on the day, sending out my text to, you know, people that are close to me. And then I thought about Kita. And the reason I thought about Kita on Father's Day is because I know Kita lost his dad at a young age. And I can only imagine Father's Day is a day that he's got to think about him more than usual, right? You lose your dad, you're going to think about your father on Father's Day a little bit more than usual. So I shot him a text, just told him, yo, bro, I'm thinking about you. And uh, I got a lot of respect, the fact that you are who you are today, despite not having a dad. And I can relate to that because I essentially was fatherless after I was 12 years old. So, um, you know, I told Kita, dude, you're gonna make a hell of a dad one day. So, and that kind of spawned into, I was like, Kita, let's talk about our experiences growing up, some lessons that we learned from our dads, even though we didn't have our dads very much in our life and uh, maybe relate to some of you guys and and allow you guys a more of a glimpse in our personal life, extract some of those lessons and, uh, you know, hopefully get you guys uh, laughing, get you guys um, to feel good and get some value out of what we want to talk about here today. So when you, when you think about Father's Day, bro, like what, what are some of the emotions? What do you think about every Father's Day? Yeah, I have the exact opposite emotions, what everyone thinks. I literally don't think about it. It doesn't phase me. Like ever since I was 10 years old, I'm 27 years old now. Father Day, Father's Day hasn't been the same. Yeah. So that's literally, I've been alive longer to where Father's Day isn't the normal holiday that everyone has than it was for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, shoot couple of them I'm a, I'm a toddler two years old I'm a baby I don't care about Father's Day what gave him some macaroni <laughs> yeah. macaroni art so that's a very very small window so I really don't even know what it's like to have these emotional sentimental Father's Days because it just didn't it wasn't in the cards for me you know I say he passed away at 10 you don't immediately die at 10 years old yeah. right you know so there's the last two Father's Day probably weren't regular Father's Day to begin with yeah. you know so look when I look at it, the grand schemes, I'm thinking about it right now, like maybe a handful of real father's days that probably can fit into my memory and a plethora of other 
days, literally just a day on the calendar for me than not. So emotion wise, like I don't get too emotional on that day. My mom does, you know, my mom honors him every, every holiday. Cause that's the love of her life and her husband. And he was go- died too, too short. But for me, father's day, it's just completely different for me. It's more so about gives me hope and makes me want to be a dad more so than I think about my dad on father's day. It makes me realize how important the things that I did learn from my father are and how that made me the man I am today on Father's Day. So I actually reflect about what fatherhood is on Father's Day more so than I think about my father not being here or even my father for that matter. I actually think about fatherhood on that day. And it's weird because I have no kids. Yeah. <laughs> how would you define fatherhood? I know pers- from firsthand experience that fatherhood is wanting the best for your seed but also allowing them to make their own mistakes. And I felt like my dad was a a professor at that. You know, he gave me the opportunity to quit anything that I wanted to do, but also let me understand, maybe taught me the lesson that quitters never win. So if you're going to go down that path, you you can choose, got any options, son. But if you're going to go down the quitter path, just know that you're not going to get anything that you originally desired for. And that really stuck with me because now I know that there's always an exit. I'm not forced to do anything at all. I can always walk away. But I also know that he taught me that if you stick with it and you try your best, you'll find what you're good at. And you'll just keep doing that. And you won't have to go and and, and quit other things. You'll just be really good at one thing. And that's exactly what happened to me. It's how I found sales. It's how I found my jobs. How I found my career in finance is you just find find what works out for you and you give it 1,000%. Not half-ass it, even if it's not something that you thought was your cup of tea. So that's definitely some things that I've picked up. Yeah. What's um, what's something that you frequently do or think about and you're like, man, that, that has my dad written all over it? <laughs> Walking, uh, going outside. So my dad, like story, my dad had me at 53. I'm the seventh of his seven children. My, mom, my mom's only child, as you guys heard on the Mother's Day episode. But I'm seven, number, lucky number seven for my dad. So, I mean, this dude's lived many, many, many lives. And over that time, he realized that taking care of your body is super, super important. So lessons I learned along the way were like eating healthy, cooking, cooking your food at home. Eating out was like so, such a treat. In my household, eating ground turkey, turkey bacon before it was all before plant based food was a thing. Like my dad was getting turkey bacon at the store in the early 2000s, late 90s. You know, like eating healthy was always super, super not important, but it was ingrained in my household. It was a part of our everyday fabric to eat healthy and cook at home. And my dad did the cooking. I didn't have a traditional home where mom does cooking all day. No, my dad cooked for the most part. So I got to see cooking at home. I got to see being healthy. He stayed lifting weights well until he got sick in his 60s. Yeah. So weights in the in the backyard, going on walks, going on bike rides. We used to ride bikes to the library. So all the things that I realized that I do now, almost every activity has my dad written all over it, which is crazy to think because, again, I only had 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. That's yeah. it. But every there's not one day probably that doesn't go by where it's, you know, got my dad written on all over it. Yeah. Is there a mistake 
that you saw your dad do that maybe you didn't realize it. Obviously when you're eight, nine years old, it doesn't hit you that way. But as you got older, because as parents, we're not perfect, right? Like I'm pretty sure as Bella gets older, she's going to realize, man, my, my dad did this. So I probably should avoid it. Right. Like I know there was just some mistakes that my parents made that I try to avoid. Um, were there some mistakes or a mistake that sticks out to you that your dad made that, you know, you learn from? I mean, it's just this immediate story that stands out to me and it, and, and it's crazy, like only 10 years, but like these little lessons were so powerful. This one, this guy cuts us off or my dad cut this guy off, whatever way. Guy in a big lifted truck pulls up alongside of us, starts cussing at us. All our windows are down. It's summertime in Vegas. My dad drives a 1987 Acura Legend at the time. Badass car, by the way. And it's got a moonroof. So a dude in a lifted truck talking shit, whoop-de-whoop, throws his chewed gum through the moonroof into our car and then speeds off, cuts us off, and then thinks he's just going to just drive off. My dad is the most calm, cool, collected guy there is. I mean, hippie when he was in his youth, you know, college professor at UNLV at one point in time, uh, you know, pit boss in the casinos for many years. Guy who knows to keep keep his his calm. Yeah. I'd never seen him this mad. Instantly furious. Instantly. I mean, we 87 legend, we whipped that shit like it was a Corvette. Hit the corner, chasing down him. Like, we're in our neighborhood, just flying down the neighborhood. We're, we're hitting turns. He's trying to shake us, not thinking that my dad's going to be right on him like that. We're going through parking lots at 7 3rd. And then my dad, I'm like, I'm like, yo, dad, chill out. Like, it's not that serious. And he's like, nah, it is, you know, like, cause it's pride and yeah. spit. Yeah. First yeah. of all, spit. There's something like when you get spit in the face, oh, like, man. that's just like so primal, <laughs> like, <so laughs> savage. Well, like, a quick, quick, quick note on that. My dad said it is 100, 100% acceptable to go until you cannot go hurting somebody if yeah. they spit on you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not going to say he said, go kill him, but yeah. go until you cannot go anymore. Yeah. If some if spit is involved yeah. because my dad was a very prideful native American man. And this, this triggered him flew down the street or catching him, racing up to him. And he finally like realized like, he like snapped out of it, looks over that. Like I got my like five, six year old son with me. I'm speeding. I can get pulled over any second right now because I'm doing everything illegal, running lights, hitting busting turns that I'm not supposed to do to go get some prick that is just some prick. And that's basically like I saw in real time and he, and he slowed down and was like, hey, you know, like you don't ever have to react like this. Yeah. You know, like anyone who can get you this bent out of shape has a lot more control over you than you you really should allow them to have. Yeah. And whether that's how I am, the reason why I am today, like nothing really gets me like that. You know, it really, really takes a lot or something that just really affects my, my people, my, my inner circle for me to react that way. And I felt my dad felt the same, you know, disrespect me with yeah. spit next to my son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I completely understood where he's coming from, but there was just the lesson of like, and you can't ever lose your cool. Like you can't let these people get you out out of, out of character. Because imagine if I wasn't there and he just kept going. It could have been you know any one any one of these situations you see on the news where shots are involved or people die and people don't get to go home and see their families. Yeah. So that was a an eye opener for me because I do have a temper, but it made me realize that nobody's worth getting out of bent out of shape for. Yeah. So did this guy escape? Yes, he escaped. He escaped un, unscathed. Now, now whether he saw him again later, yeah. that is a story that did not make it back to yeah. my young years. Yeah. But in the moment I got to see someone who, you know, immediately just reacted 
but then had the you know demeanor to realize this is this ain't it yeah this ain't the right move this is this could potentially lead to things that are way worse than me kicking this guy's ass or yeah. or not, not satisfied as enough as kicking his ass yeah you know my kid gets taken away my car gets impounded yeah. i'm in jail my wife has got to bail me out like there's so many things that are worse yeah. than me going getting my hands on him and breaking his jaw yeah so like being able to see that in real time rather than hey make sure you control yourself it's completely different yeah to see it in real time so that's why parents like make sure they see the shit that you're talking about and like that i didn't have i didn't, I didn't need another lesson on that again yeah. like that sticks with me so vividly i yeah. can see the streets were on yeah i mean that's fatherhood right there right like impact that's i think the best way i would describe yeah. fatherhood it's a privilege and it's impact here you remember this story vividly and you were so young right so don't don't underestimate guys whether you have kids or not you know there's people that are watching you and uh they're gonna remember it for the rest of their lives yeah if i feel like it's, it's almost crazy i feel like sometimes the most impactful things really did happen when, when you're really 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 young the ones that stick with you you can hear stories from all day and tomorrow from your mom auntie this that and third feels like sometime like after seven yeah. and like you just, it just didn't hit the same, yeah. but those one through seven pivotal life moments and lessons and things that happened, you really, really stick by it. And it's in like a core memory base that you refer back to. It almost comes like a set of values. Yeah. You either learn to value what actually happened and do exactly as such, or there's, you know, I know plenty of people now talking to friends that are more open about what happened when they're kids. There's tons of traumatic experiences. Yeah. Where it's like, I need to do the exact opposite yeah. of that every time this situation occurs. You know, so for the people that are listening to do positive, do the right thing, but also be aware of what the, the bad shit, the bad habits that you have, because they see that too. Yeah, and you can learn from that, right? I mean, you 100% can extract a lesson from that and and learn from that. You know, that's uh, it's interesting how our stories kind of parallel with each other, except I just got a few more years with my dad. I got it until I was 12 years old and it was almost like he died because he moved to Mexico. And then I never talked to him or saw him again until much later. I was essentially an adult. Um, but it's funny that you say like the lesson or like what he showed you that was good. Like, dude, my dad made me eat fruit when I was little <laughs> after every meal, like no, no joke. Every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like you remember when we were kids and, and you're at the table and you're just trying to eat your food as quickly as you can so you can go outside and play. Yeah. Right. So I'm like scarfing down my meal. I'm running out the door. I grab my skateboard. I'm about to go play with the homies. And he's like, comiste tu fruta. And in Spanish, that means you eat your fruit. And I'm like, shit. So now I got to go back to the table <laughs> and eat my fruit. And it's funny, man. That stuck with me even today. Like I eat a lot of fruit. Um, I do the same thing with Bella funny i pass that on to bella she tries to eat real quick go upstairs and facetime her friends i'm like yo did you eat your fruit dad i will later like no go eat your fruit right now right so you know eating healthy was something that he passed on to me for sure and uh i would say what i learned not to do and it's it's something that i think a lot of us can can relate to is just running from your problems like that is why my dad left his family and moved to a foreign country and did not talk to me is he had problems in the United States that he didn't want to deal with. And instead of running and facing his problems, he ran from them. 
And I held on to a lot of anger and resentment because of that. But however, as I got older, I'm like, okay, I can learn from that, right? And I'm not gonna judge you. Like, yeah, you messed up, dude, but you're my dad, I love you. I'm grateful that you're even alive. And I'm grateful, and I think you probably can say the same thing, Kita, is we're grateful that we even had a dad, right? Some kids, they don't even have a dad. Or even worse, their only dad, their one dad, is a piece of shit and has been a piece of shit their whole life. And you know what's crazy, Keita, have you ever thought about it this way? And and, and winners, you guys can take the loss of our dads and put a spin on it and find something else in your life that went to shit where it's like, dude, I'm grateful that I grew up without a dad. Like, I'm grateful. Like, I never, like, it's, it's crazy to think like, well, I'm glad, you know, I'm sure you don't think about this. Like, yeah, I'm glad my dad died. Or I don't think, yeah, I'm glad my dad deserted his family. Like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm grateful it happened because dude, it forced me to level up in ways I never would have leveled up anyways. And whatever bullshit you're going through right now, maybe it's a financial struggle. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's a breakup. Like the world is ending in your eyes. What you're going through when you come out on the other side, you're gonna be like, dude, I'm glad I went through that because it forced me to grow. And I'm really grateful for that tragedy because it helped me become who I am today. No, I think that's the the best way that you can look at it. And it goes back to our boy Ed Milet. Things happen to you, not for or things happen for you, not to you. And ever since that quote, if you live by that quote, how could you look at any of these situations bad when when we're both sitting at this table today? You own a company. I'm 27 years old with the, with a house, you know, and, and multiple investments in a business. Like these are things that people with the father, without a father, with 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 the, with inheritance, without inheritance, would still want to be a part of and strive to get. So on fatherhood, you know, I really do think about the importance of having a father. You know, whether it was 10 years, 12 years, like that time was super super important, and. It really makes me think back to like, you know, what, you know, what ifs are cool to think about. Cause it's like, all right, I saw how impactful 10 years was. I'm like, damn, what if I still had them? You know, like, what would I be doing? And you're just like me, Blue, like in high school, when you, you, it's just, you're a boy becoming a teen, like you give your mom grief, you know, like you, you put her through trials and tribulations and you go kick it with your friends because your friends are now the father figure, whether we want to call it that looking back on it, like that's who you look to is that replaces that void. And I just think back sometimes I'm like, man, no matter how, how much fun I had, you know, doing some of the shit that I was doing, like, I know I wouldn't have been doing it if my dad was there, you know? So I, it it comes to mind and just, that really shows That's why I say when I makes me really excited to be a father, because it's, that's something I can change. You can directly change that by just being a father, a good father and being there all the time and giving your best effort in showing rather than just telling and just showing up, you know, like you can change a whole person's life to where they literally are a different person and and have different outcomes and different things that they expect from society and things that they contribute to society as a whole, just by being there. Like that job is the most underrated there's no pay so it's underpaid (laughs) but like it is the most underrated underpaid and underappreciated job because listen moms you guys do it well like i got i was raised by a single mom most of my life so were you but like there's it hits different having a father yeah i mean i think that's what a big reason why our society has gone downhill 
over the last few decades. Statistics can prove it too. Right? Like there's just less active fathers in the home, right? Our, our homes are not as strong as they used to be. They're broken. Yeah, for sure. And guys, you can break the cycle, right? Like li- you guys listening to this right now, you probably come from kind of a messy situation like he taught and I maybe, you know, um, divorced or, you know, someone in the family that you lost or, you know, your co-parenting, you know, split households, failed business, like whatever it is. together and were miserable and made your life yeah, miserable. Yeah, yeah. You can break the cycle, right? And, and that's what gives me hope is just is breaking the cycle, right? And that's what we have to do in order to turn this country around is we've got to break the cycle. And it starts with each and every one of you guys listening to this podcast and standing for something and taking action. And like you just said, Kita, showing up, but more importantly, being intentional about pouring into other people. Yeah, I feel like now more than ever, being traditional is non-traditional. Being someone who wants to have a wife or a husband or 2.5 kids in a picket picket fence, like that's, you're looked at as crazy now, you know, because it's so normalized for you to get with somebody, have that baby. You guys knew it wasn't going to work out in the beginning, but you had the baby anyway. Now you guys hate each other. One of you is trying to live a happy life. Other one's still mad at the other person. We see the cycle in every single city, every friend group. Like that sh- that's not normal and it shouldn't be treated as such, yeah. you know, because the impact and the, and the, the good that is done from just being, just taking a little bit more effort to be quote unquote traditional and find a, a, a partner, get married and, and have a baby. If you look at the statistics and what that, what that creates in a child, where do they, where do they end up with after after high school? Do they do they do they pass? Do they graduate? Do they go on to get vocational school? How do well do they do in the job market? What type of money do they make? You know, like what does that breed afterwards? And I feel like everyone who has a problem with what today is, you will be a part of that problem if you're only thinking about how everything that you're doing affects you right now. Because living an easy life and just not never not ever settling down not ever making yourself uncomfortable because marriage and having a kid is hard you know so if you don't do anything that makes you uncomfortable just live this easy life and you when you're worried about man the future's fucked you didn't do anything to make that future better and what better way to do that than to have a seed and then cultivate that seed yeah yeah i want a hard life right because you can't expect unique results doing ordinary shit right like you have to have hard things that you go through. And I think that's the biggest thing that personally I want you guys to take from this is again, Keita and I aren't coming here saying, Hey, you have to lose your dad at a young age to, you know, win, right? No, you guys have your own unique tragedy, your own unique circumstance that was just rough that maybe at the time you were thinking, man, this shit sucks. Um, maybe you kind of have a victim kind of approach. I did, you know, for a while, I was just like, dude, how come my friends get a dad to take him to soccer practice? How come my friends get a dad to show him how to tie a tie? How come my friends get a dad to show him how to drive a car? Like why, why they get that? But I don't, right. But that that's not a good place to be in. Right. So no matter where you're at in terms of what tragedy, what adversity you're facing, like dude, your greatest strategy could be the best thing for you. Yeah. I, th- I think maybe we need to give them some some how to stuff. Cause I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more, but there's gotta be a reason why there's so many people that think like this. There's gotta be a root reason why 
we're all falling into the same problems where we feel like a victim and you know because my dad isn't here you need to treat me like this because my dad isn't here or wasn't in my life I deserve this from you and I think the proof is in the pudding that neither one of us have ever operated like that yeah I mean I think the really when I think about the how-to one we're wired for complacency like if you think about the human race mankind right like think about cavemen and like just way back in the day dude like we were just brought up to just survive right like what do we need to do to survive today right like how can we just wake up until tomorrow right like how can we just live and in I was reading a study they're talking about how like just the body when it's in survival mode it just operates at the most conservative level like it doesn't exert a lot of energy you know it starts just storing shit like you know there's a reason why we can go three days without water we can have 30 days without food like we're just meant to just how can we just survive and we seek comfort right we seek the easy way out the easy way out when we lose our dads is man this shit sucks poor me well why does our friend have a dad Another example, you know, there was a time when I didn't have my daughter in my life except every other weekend. I was a victim there in the sense of not literally, but my mindset was, I'm thinking, man, why do I only get my daughter every other weekend? Her mom, I'm a better parent than her mom and her, and her mom gets her all the other time. Like, and I start going down that road, but the shift, the how to Kita, it's simple. Gratitude, just flipping the script. You know what? I'm grateful that Bella's mom loves her. I'm grateful that I have a car that I can get into and I can drive an hour to pick her up. Instead of bitching about driving one hour there, one hour back, instead of bitching about getting her only every other weekend, I'm grateful that I even get that time. Like I'm grateful that I even had a dad. Yeah, he was an idiot for leaving his family and moving to a different country and abandoning me, but I'm grateful he was a cool badass dad up until I was 12. I'm grateful for that. So as soon as I shifted my mentality and I embraced gratitude and I really dug deep, that's when things just turned around for me. Yeah. That internal dialogue is huge. It's the difference between a victim and, and a, and, and a testimony, right? Cause that's really what it is. Like, you know, going like you've heard in churches of testimonials, like it's a test. And then when you pass it, it becomes your testimonial, yep. you know, and, and basically every, to everyone who's still in that mindset that woe is me, life's hard, I'm owed this, you're still in the test. Like, fucking wake up. Like, get past the test so you can go on to what your true potential is because that's when you're wasting potential because there's no, you were not put on this planet to wallow about an obstacle that was put in front of you that for some people is 5, 10, 15 years removed. Like, what type of person would I be if I was still talking about how the obstacles and things that happened to me 17 years ago is the reason why I'm not where I want to be. That's a lie. 17 years to do something and you ain't done it yet. And I'm blaming things that are outside of my control still as the, as to the reason why ownership yeah. is a huge thing. Ownership, that internal dialogue, being able to know that you're fucking up. Yeah. Know when you're fucking up. And if you don't have someone in your corner to tell you, I'm telling you, you're fucking up. Do better, yep. you know, but do better and be disciplined so that you can be the version of, of that you want to be. And that person may be a great mother, maybe a great father, 
or maybe someone that will make your, your dad proud or maybe that per, your dad never told you you're proud and guess what 50 other people are going to tell you you're proud that's impact yeah 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 buddy that was uh that was really good that was this is helpful for me to just kind of share yeah man you know it's not something uh, we talk about often we don't we don't us guys kind of hold shit in and we act like you know nothing's wrong um but you know we've been doing this every week with you guys now for over a year and you guys have gotten to know us a little bit more and uh you know we want to just kind of shed light on our personal lives and, and hopefully you know impact you guys so again the whole show is based on you know helping you guys win in your financial life your business life your personal life right so that's why we try to bring the heat every single week and uh the best way for you guys to pay us back if you found value in this episode if you thought that it was helpful for you is share this with a friend you know maybe you've got a friend family member that's going through a tough spot and you feel like they need to hear this share it with them this is how we grow the show if you've not given us a five-star review it means a lot to Keita and i when you guys do give us some reviews show some love on instagram uh, you can so, find Keita on high key you can find me at daniel blue and uh as always guys we really appreciate your time your um your energy that you spend with us because you guys can be listening to a lot of other podcasts you can be doing a lot of other things but instead you're listening to us and uh, we do not take that for granted so we appreciate and love you guys appreciate y'all peace out winners later <laughs>